1: Hi, everyone. Raghu, I am back with uh, an old friend, Locke Kelly. Welcome back to Mind Rolling, Locke.
0: Thanks so much. Uh, Really great to be here with you, Raghu.
1: Thank you. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Locke's got a, a wonderful new book that is just chock full of so much practice opportunity aside from getting one's uh, perspective hopefully switched around a little bit uh so but before that you know as i'm reading through last time we were together you mentioned that uh, you you were doing in india you were or you were in Salon doing the long Lank sri lanka doing this uh meditation course mm-hmm. right yes trying to get as straight as possible and you came out of that, and I, I guess you you went to see Tulkū Urge and Rinpoche, right? Yes, that's right. And you said in that uh, particular moment, yeah. uh, in one flash, you got whatever you know, yeah. any kind of long retreat would, you know. And I love that. I love that. Yeah,
0: but, yeah. So, so I had gone on a fellowship from graduate school at Columbia Union Theological. Uh, to Sri Lanka for nine months, and I had studied at the university there, and also done a bunch of 10-day retreats, 21-day retreats, five-day retreats in the insight meditation, Mm. Vipassana, uh, Theravada tradition, and had a wonderful experience, Um, and then went up to India and actually went to Dharamsala, and the Dalai Lama had just come back from teaching for the first time on Dzogchen in France. Hmm. And so he had just arrived back as I was there and a small group of us were allowed an audience and he was enthusiastically talking on this non-dual tradition in the Tibetan Buddhism uh, which is called Zogshan, which is a kind of a direct path pointing out tradition. And I love the talk and so I said I raised my hand and I said, Who should I go study with? And he said immediately, Toko Ergen Rinpoche. And so I changed all my plans and took a bus and a train and a you know, on my way over to Nepal and then hiked up the mountain to uh, Nagi Gampa, which is a very small little place he was at the time. And the second day I was there, he gave a little talk and then gave these pointing out instructions. Uh, and within three minutes, I was feeling the same way I felt at the end of a 21 day retreat. <laughs> so that got my curiosity. <laughs> And what he explained was there's two types of mindfulness, deliberate mindfulness and effortless mindfulness. And this is effortless mindfulness because that which we are seeking is already here within us. And so rather than it needing to be built like a skill, like playing the piano, it can be initially recognized and realized. And then there's a period of unfolding and integrating that follows that
1: that period is maybe what a billion lifetimes That period?
0: <laughs> well that's the that's the <laughs> curious thing so my contention in this book is that awakening is possible and it actually is the next natural stage of human development and so you know we can talk about what that means because i'm not talking about full enlightenment or full buddhahood as uh Mm. But an initial shift that's dramatically different than ego-centered right consciousness.
1: Yeah. How about we say you stop giving that such a shit about yourself and start <laughs> thinking about everyone else or other there people, the other. Right? <laughs> that's
0: a good good part and, of and the definition. That's,
1: that is awakening totally yes. to me, absolutely. You know, and it's very yeah. very difficult. But I want to. So okay, so everybody out there, I did a. Podcast with uh, actually Krishadas and I did a podcast with uh, with uh, Mingyur Rinpoche, Rinpache, Yeah Urgi and Rinpoche's son, and that was made possible by an introduction from Locke and I. Thank you so much for that yes. because it was so illuminating. Everybody, if you haven't uh, either watched or or listened to that, you should. Yeah. Uh, and he, by the way, he was in Kathmandu, right? Mm. He would, I he was perfectly. <laughs> uh, the bandwidth, everything. It worked out like perfectly from Kathmandu. I have more trouble with people who are in New York. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah. He, I mean, is such a reflection of this book yeah. of yours, The Way of Effortless Mindfulness. Yes. Uh, it's extraordinary. And what comes through so powerfully is love. I mean, his yeah. manifestation of a real... Um, unconditional love and, yes. and for himself, for everything around him, and that awareness—it's just—it's uh, just an extraordinary mm-hmm. thing to actually be in the presence. Which you know, mm-hmm. by video chat, you are. Uh, That's right. <laughs> but so now you've spent some time with him. I just want to hear more yes. about spending time with these with these beings that have actually, yeah. you know, as 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 of course happened to me in India many years ago with Neem
0: yeah and I, i'm glad to talk about you know some of the people who are you know m- more more realized but i've also spent time with beings a lot of beings like hundreds of beings who are initially awake and that's a group that's really interesting too because mm-hmm. they're supporting each other through community and their their lives have shifted dramatically from as you say kind of a self-centered Attempt to manage uh, thoughts, feelings, sensations, and subject object fears and worries and trauma and to accessing this loving awareness, or I call it open hearted awareness. Uh, Ram Das calls it loving awareness. And that's the feeling of being that isn't a state of mind like a loving kindness meditation, it isn't a state. It actually is our real condition. It's who we are when we drop out of the uh, small contracted separate sense of self. Um, so so that you know that that's that can be helped by these beings. I've studied with both uh Sony Rinpoche and Minja Rinpoche, probably done ten to twenty retreats with each of them.
1: Oh really? Tokni uh, you mean Tokni Rimpoche. Yeah, Soke
0: Nimba yeah. says uh, Toko Ergen's other son. son. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: he had a few sons. That's that's yeah, the incredible part of it. All. You know, he had four. Choki, yeah. Neem, uh, the fourth, yeah. we don't. I don't even know his name, and I don't. We don't hear about him so much. But uh, yeah. I'm sure he's quite something in his own. Uh, how do you get to a family like that? Um, how can you get in <laughs> that, there? I mean, that uh,
0: was a that was a fortunate uh, fortunate time. I mean, now now <laughs> everything's changed. It's now a you you know Mingi uh he and i used to hang out in new york at our friend jill satterfield's apartment and just spend days together i drove him up to mit conference in a car he and his translator and and me and just laughing and singing and mm-hmm. and exchanging kind of pointing out instructions as we looked out the window of the car and just and then we went swimming in the pool up there and and now i i literally have a hard time ever getting a chance to say hello even when I'm at a retreat.
1: Mm, really? Oh, so
0: it's it's a new time. There's now, you know, four hundred people at retreats and uh he's doing a great service to bigger audiences and uh you know, trying to get out the word yeah. about uh the basics to yeah. most people.
1: I love the title to his book too, In Love with Everyone. In Love with the World yeah. or something. In Love that. with the World. In yeah. Love with the World, yeah. Um and he said, I w- he says regarding his father, because we were asking about his father, well, you know, I was just lucky to, <laughs> to be born as a son to yes. one of the greatest meditation masters of the time. Yes. Lucky. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think Grace that's a good word. Whatever that, <laughs> whatever that, fortunate or, you know. I
1: mean, I believe, you know, the work that he had obviously done, he was a, a, a tulku, you know, the incarnate for lifetimes and so on, which um, which begs the next little question here. Not a question, but a... Um, so in the book, I mean, you use phrases like effort mindfulness is both a natural capacity and a skillful way to connect with ourselves, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a way of being mindful from a different level than we are used to. So that's why I mentioned earlier getting, yeah. yeah rejiggering the perspective to me is the absolute first thing that, that has to happen. Yeah. Um. So, but when, When you're in stress, when a person is in mm-hmm. stress and it's mm-hmm. suffering tremendously, yes. yeah, um, which happens to everyone at one yeah. point or another, I suppose one could say that's the reason for practice for that moment. Mm-hmm. That to expect you suddenly to start practicing in that moment is a bit of a fallacy. I mean, you're you're you have much less chance of opening. Your space in that moment, or being able to connect with that space, yeah, just talk about it from I mean m- much of the way that you speak throughout the book mm. is and pointing out so many pointers, so many pointers just mm. fantastic for people yeah uh, but there's a there there's not a big but there is a way though that it seems easier <laughs> yeah than it might be. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean by that?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, it is simpler than most people imagine if you really find out what is it that can know this loving awareness and how to do it and where to look and where not to look. Once you discover how to shift, out of the uh, small contracted part of yourself that is in the center and then not just get caught in the gap but literally go right to the solution of the heart-mind. It's like dropping from head to Mm heart-mind or opening to this vast, spacious, what's called Rigpa or nature of mind and then not only being aware of it, but starting to be aware from it, of the different parts of yourself that are anxious and worried, that fear feel shame. And so it literally is a a learning of a new capacity. And um, I think it's simpler than has been, uh, has been imagined and it's learnable and teachable it. I mean, when I look at things like, um, you know, you think about a hundred years ago and you even talk to people then about microchips, you know, what's a microchip? How could you have a microchip? Well, I think our consciousness now, we have both East and West education. We have neuroscience, we have psychology, and all the wisdom traditions have uh, been accessible for the last 20 years. So we've been able to learn and kind of reverse engineer and Get these pointers from uh, these masters of the East, and then re, uh, you know, reinvent a way to make them more accessible to Western contemporary people. Um, and here's the thing that's I think the most amazing thing about that is that sometimes the story is that it's only for the advanced Olympic athletes of meditation to have this awakening. Mm -hmm. Uh, But much of my practice has been working with a population of severely traumatized people. So I work with a colleague, uh, Dick Schwartz, who has a system called Internal Family Systems. And this is his experience also, that the people with complex trauma who are severely abused, the thing that we work with to help them is accessing their true nature, and they can access it simply and it gives them immediate huh, relief, oh and then they realize that that's the loving self they've been searching for all their life that they didn't know was already here, and so that becomes the source of what can heal the most traumatized parts of ourselves rather than trying to do it from a smart psychological ego.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, okay. What do you say you're sitting in front of a very severely traumatized person who yeah. has deep, deep wounds? Yeah. What's your first uh, statement to that, or what's the first thing you say to that person to even tell them there is another as you say, we can learn that we there's an, another capacity, or there is a capacity to get a completely different vantage from which we are seeing our our world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of ask them that exact, almost like you just said. It is, if there were, you know, I don't <clears throat> tell them, but I said, if there were a capacity that's available to you that's already loving, and could heal and be with and unburden these parts of yourself that feel <clears throat> limited and feel like there's no hope, would you be interested and willing to give it a, a try? Mm. And they say, well, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and then we say, okay, well, we've, we've found that it's possible and there are people, you know, and sometimes people who have gone through the process can talk to each other like a support group. Say, well, I was where you were and, you know, three years later, my life is completely different and I didn't think it was, I thought I would be completely depressed and shut down and afraid my whole life. But um, something, the thing that changed isn't just the content or the healing, it isn't a matter of what's arising, it's a matter of who or what is it arising to. It changes everything so even in the beginning while there's still pain and fear arising that's not the that's not the place to take your spiritual temperature is how much pain or fear it's really what what or who is it arising to that's the change we do in effortless mindfulness we upgrade the capacity of loving presence so that this detox uh can happen.
1: I love that. Upgrading the capacity of loving awareness or loving attention. Um okay, yeah. so what's the first uh, okay, so somebody sitting across from you goes, "Yeah, of course I want to." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so and everybody, this is the West what What's the yep. first practical thing you can tell me to do to even entertain that there is that possibility to connect with yeah. a new capacity? So,
0: so you know, there's, there's a... So what I did is I looked at... That exactly took that question. That was my question, just as sincerely it is yours and others. And then I said, okay, so I stumbled into these, you know, Zen and then... TM, and then uh, deliberate mindfulness, Vipassana, and then more uh, Mahamudra and Dzogchen style, and then also had some Taoism and other wisdom traditions. And I looked at them and I felt into what works, who's, who's it working for, how's it working, how's it similar, let's compare, almost bringing the scientific interest and Access to what works, how does it work, what's effective, where do people go wrong, where are the roadblocks and where are the uh, eddies and traps and detours that people get caught in, and then really uh, finding a couple different ways that work fairly similarly throughout wisdom traditions, and then start to teach the capacity for. Instead of thought looking to thought, to have awareness unhooked from thinking and begin to look to the awake, contentless, spacious awareness that is the source or the ground that is already at peace, that's already calm. And then notice that that awareness is energetically dancing and is embodied and open hearted and has a feeling of unconditional love naturally. And and so that's like a little description with words, but as you know from looking at my book, I have a whole bunch of practices and ways to lead people or teach people or show people different doorways that match their type of learning skill on how to feel this for the first time directly.
1: Mm-hmm. And my own feeling, and uh, like you, uh, well, my main practice was and has been for all these years, vipassana, uh, mm. along with uh, you know a couple of other things. But um, I tell people that forget everything if mm. you are if you are constantly chasing and identifying and reacting to your thoughts and emotions you you know it's very difficult and it would be very difficult to, for me to think that someone just getting into this and realizing there is a a capacity i like that mm-hmm. word yeah um that they would you know it's not so accessible in my mind spacious mm. awareness and yeah. so on without getting some kind of one-pointed through a meditation practice as the very first no. thing, what do you think about
0: that i th- I think that that is traditional and I think it's uh, can be helpful for some but I actually believe from my experience it can be actually a roadblock for others mm, because so. the attentional system of the uh, that you develop in uh, uh, what I'm calling deliberate mindfulness or The first couple practices of insight, which is one pointedness on your breath. And then, uh, second one is observing contents of consciousness, what's called the four foundations of mindfulness, which is looking at thoughts, feelings, uh, bodily sensations, uh, and mind objects, which are like creations in the mind of patterns or skandhas. That creating an observer that is looking at content, that it requires that that attender can't look at awareness, that its skill set is a a level of mind that can't know the next level of mind. So, So that four foundations of mindfulness, I have created the five foundations of effortless mindfulness. And if people listening can feel as if you can attend to thought going by, And then, what you actually do is you turn around to look who's behind the camera that's looking, or you look to open the awareness to the spacious awareness in which the focuser or the mindful meditator and the objects are appearing. And once you realize that that whole field of awareness is actually what's awake and where you're now aware of the mindful meditator, the attender, and what you're attending to, that that meditator is now an object of consciousness that isn't needed to be lovingly aware, embodied, interconnected. And so you've gone into a non-dual meditative uh, interconnection, which I'm sure is what that's the nature of awake consciousness, which Mingjur Rinpoche and uh, Neem Karoli Baba lived in, is a non-dual interconnected field of awareness that wasn't aware from a point of view, mm-hmm. like a meditator. So it's mm-hmm. it's in in Sutra, Mudra, and Tibetan Buddhism, the Vipassana the or insight is the initial practice, and then... You can go to uh, the next stage, effortless mindfulness, or for those who it's easier for, you can go right to effortless mindfulness because there's a calm and a focusing ability from there. Because some people have a very hard time wrestling with their minds and watching their breath and mm. sitting for long periods.
1: Okay. How about a little, just, you know, a short little exercise? Sure. Yeah. Related to, because we're talking about awareness, which you basically can't really talk about, but you, let's maybe lead us into Mm -hmm. the, um, the opening.
0: Yes, sure. Yeah. So, um, so this is, this is one of, one of the first things to realize is that there, there's kind of a, uh, a point of view, a separate subject, whether it's uh, our ego center or even a mindful witness, that they get a, they establish a point of view, and what we're going to do is just simply see if we can feel the space that's more spacious and pervasive within us that we're aware of and that we're aware from. Um, so, so one way to, to do it would be just simply, we'll try a couple different ones, but here's the simplest one is, um, simply start with an effortful practice of taking a in-breath and then breathe out and let go like a sigh. Ha. <sighs> and then just notice.
2: A naturally awake spaciousness that feels like it's thought-free, that you're aware of, that feels both outside and within your body, and that maybe you're aware from. so it's it's these little little tiny
0: doorways that are possible to have the premise that you're not aware from thought that you're shifting to be aware from awareness awareness based knowing that is the marker is that it's not located in one point of view that it feels like an open mind or open heart And it's not trying to solve the problem of identity from this um, this mini me in our heads that's kind of a spiritual seeker that it's already there's already free nature. So we could try another quick little inquiry from here is just to inquire what's here now
2: when there's no problem to solve.
0: And just stay with that feeling of awareness as it opens and feel that feeling of
2: being that's not thought-based. Feel the qualities that arise. And feel not only what you're aware of, but where you're aware from. So it's a shift of
0: identity and mind rather than a meditative state. That's the key. Then you can talk from here, you can walk from here, you can relate from here, you can create from here. Mm. So you get a sense of that? Yeah,
1: that's good. That's good. And obviously, you know, it's uh, that's great. Yeah. And I also think that, uh, you know, there's some wonderful connection with what, as you mentioned, Ramdas talks about loving awareness and moving yeah. perspective. And for me, the, that is absolutely, that's the first thing that needs to happen before yes. even my insistence that people got to, you know, be able to sit. And, yes and uh, get get one pointed uh yeah. certainly the perspective so this is a wonderful opportunity everybody yeah to use that those couple of questions uh and i love what's here now when there are no problem to solve okay <laughs> that's a nice con you know yeah um let's talk about uh mindful glimpses okay because yeah. Actually, got I got into that, and um, I think it's quite useful exercise. And it, you know, you talk about it's just eminently available throughout the day. Yes. Um, so, yeah, talk about what a, a a glimpse is.
0: Yes, beautiful. Thank you for that question. Yeah. So the practice of effortless mindfulness, as I see it, is small glimpses many times during the day rather than long periods of meditation so certainly if you love sitting that is always a good practice so you can do a sit sit in the morning or to set up your day but then the key is that effortless mindfulness is meditation for awakening awakening is living from loving awareness in the midst of your day and importantly with your eyes open, doing tasks and meeting people and talking, not just sitting to calm yourself once a day so that you have a calmer ego to, to walk around, but literally to, so glimpsing is not a short meditation. It's literally a shift from small self to large self from small mind to nature of mind or awake awareness-based mind. And then uh, being able to do that in one to six minutes while you just look out the window at work or over your computer uh, or while you're taking a walk on a break or instead of a cigarette break, you take a mindful glimpse break or water cooler break. then immediately when you shift from the current constellation of thinking and that creates a thinker, an emotional uh, bind with that thinker that's trying to solve problems and creating as many problems as it's solving, as we know, then you shift into this awareness-based, embodied, open-hearted heart-mind And then you begin immediately to type and talk and walk and relate. And you start to rewire your system to be able to live from an awakened consciousness Um, with difficult situations. When you feel triggered, um, you'll start to have the triggering come to your heart mind or your open hearted uh, awake consciousness. Um, and that changes everything. Then you start to get insights immediately. Oh, wow. Look at that. I'm triggered. Oh, that's a part of me that feels really hurt. And it's been hurt since I was three-year-old. That's like a three-year-old part. Oh, sweetheart. then you kind of turn toward your own part that's been triggered and you're loving toward that. And then you're realizing the other person is like agitated. And you realize, okay, well, they're really agitated and they're talking to me in a, in a harsh tone and all right, let me just stay with them and see, see if they're, you know, open to calming and let me calm and see what, you know, let them finish and respond to them. And all of a sudden things start to be compassionately, um, motivated. Mm.
1: So I think it, uh, you've characterized this in the book quite well. Uh, I'd like to mention it in terms of the mindful glimpse in terms of this is an all wherever you are, this is not formal, yeah. it's informal, yet it yeah. can be very effective. Uh, to and you call a rest stop, yes, we're going to have rest stops and <laughs> yeah. um, and we're going to reboot those, are, yes, every all right. of us can understand that, okay, yes, you're in your little cubicle looking out at the city or wherever you are, and suddenly. Okay
0: rest stop reboot <laughs> yeah and just Up- upgrade the operating system yeah
1: right and just and just be here now <laughs> Yeah, and then be here moment. now and yeah. then
0: that's the that's that's the reason for glimpsing short glimpses is when you be here now you can't you can't make an effort to remain you have to let go so it, that's a surrender so you do small You learn these tools and that's the main thing that's hard, except through example and through this book and through some audio or through a retreat is to learn how to do this for yourself. But once you learn how to shift your own, what I call local awareness, and have it open to the spacious, already awake awareness, and then that awake awareness notices that it's embodied and open-hearted and loving, then from this ground of being, you can't make any effort from system one, from the old operating system, to try to grab it, hold it, maintain it, keep it. So you have to let be in the now. So you just have to be here now, speak, and then lose it, uh, go back to the old habit, no big surprise, just re-recognize.
1: Right, and you, as Sharon Salzberg says so often, the fabulous part of all of this you can always come back.
0: That's it. Yes. You can
1: always come that's right. back. And that's a yeah. that's a, a nourishing nurturing thought actually. Yeah,
0: and the you know the difference I would say is like in that instruction which is the same is you can always come back to the object of your meditation. In effortless mindfulness you can always come back to your already awake consciousness.
1: Or can we so. say you can always come back to An open an openness to make it just an openness that allows for spaciousness to move in and create a a larger pool that you're sitting
0: in. Yes. Yeah, and that the open and the, the openness is awake. So it's that it's not just a meditation like feel open, but notice the openness is where you're aware from, and what is the nature of open mind that you're knowing from now. So that's kind of the second move of being, oh, notice the openness. Oh, notice the openness is aware without my help. Huh. Mm. And now I am aware from the openness, from the awareness-based knowing of thoughts, feelings, sensations, which, are dancing in this field, and I don't have to get on the train of thought.
1: What do people say to you, uh, How do I know I am not uh, you, know, reflecting and from the perspective of ego mind, that yes. I've managed to trip out, trick out right. spiritual yeah. bypass. And yeah. Uh, yeah, how do you address that with people?
0: Yeah, so that's very important. So one of the first things is when you shift from head to heart mind, you can't g- go back to the small mind for a second opinion about whether you are there. <laughs> so that's that's like the first learning of people like what? I was just checking to see whether I was doing it right. Yeah. And as soon as you check to see whether it's doing it right, then you're back in the system that isn't doing it because it can't be done by that small self. So that's the first thing is to notice there's a conceptual knowing. Then there's a not knowing, which is like a gap. And then there's a not knowing that knows. And it knows by feeling almost like you're riding a bicycle. Do you know you're balancing? And you don't have to go to thought to know you're balancing on the bicycle. You feel oh yeah, I'm in this awareness-based knowing and I don't have to use thought. I use awareness to know. And by doing that, you're reinforcing the, the new knowing, the new operating system. And then uh, the other part of it is that um, you you're not stopping at that first gap of not knowing and you're not stopping at a uh, disembodied, spacious witness. So that's key. So some systems actually say that that's the goal is to be in this, what they call non-dual awareness or pure awareness or transcendent witness consciousness. And that's in my system, um, you know, like halfway there. It's an important recognition to step out of the small mind and wake up from it into the awareness. But then as soon as the awareness notices thought or any movement, it realizes, oh, it's not separate from it. So that awareness is now embodied and connected, and it sees from the heart eyes of the heart, oh, everyone else is me. Oh, we're the same. Oh, my God, of course I'm going to treat someone, you know, with love. Because that's the view that it has when it's embodied and open hearted. And so that brings this, the bypass back to the embodied and the loving way of relating.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, back in the day, again, we're referring to Ramdas, but I wanted to talk about this, which is witness. That yes. was his first thing. And he got a lot of that. I think probably Gurdjieff and so on. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and of course this question I just asked is a major question because he's not talking about witnessing from mind; He's talking about right. witnessing from no mind. So yes, there's no judgments. Right. There's no dualities. There's none of that. Yes. And of course many, that's a difficult thing as you just said yeah. for many people. Yeah. Uh, but a very effective thing. So, I effective even if it just reverts on a regular basis to mm-hmm. mind is witnessing. Yes, and uh, you actually call that, which I love, uh, leaving the witness protection program.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that you know, again, it's it's there are you know in progressive paths, kind of. Realizations or stages of awakening or stages of meditation, and so the idea is, in effortless mindfulness, is not to get caught in in any of these eddies or these uh, halfway houses, like going across the United States from east to west and stopping and camping at the Grand Canyon. You know, you're just like, oh, I'm done. It's like, okay, but you gotta, you're not to the ocean yet. You gotta go to the ocean of love. So it's beautiful, it's spacious, uh, and it's a witness, but it's, it's detached, it's not embodied, and it's not interconnected. So a witness by nature is, there's a witness and there's a witnessing. So even the description you hear a lot from meditative consciousness, like choiceless awareness, I'm the sky and thoughts are like birds or clouds coming through. So that's a first stage of being the sky, but you're separate from thoughts and emotions. They're objects that are rising and passing. The next uh, description is ocean and wave. Oh, I'm the ocean of love, and thoughts and feelings are made of the ocean too. And the other person even uh, painful feelings and anger is made of the ocean and they're all arising within the ocean of consciousness, which I'm connected to, but there's such a vast depth of loving ocean that even unpleasant feelings that I'm connected to are not uh, overwhelming me as a small wave, but I have the resource and the capacity of the ocean so I can be connected and feel uh, a unity consciousness more than a witness. So that's the next stage. And that's a real important, I break it down, you know, in go kind of stage by stage and talk about the traps, but also talk about how to navigate those transitions. Hmm.
2: I think, uh, you had a great story
1: this, uh, there's quite a bit in the book about actually dealing with pain, physical pain, um, and, why don't you tell that story, because I liked it, when you were uh, sledding with your nephew.
0: Yeah, so, um, so this, is the, this is the thing, is that, um, I mean, certainly today with, with so many people getting addicted to painkillers and, you know, emotional pain, physical pain, mental pain, uh, relationship pain, is the feeling that it's too much to bear. You know, how can you, you know, find that which can bear the unbearable? And so that's this loving awareness because it has a greater vastness or boundlessness and it also has a greater intimacy. It has a greater loving embrace. Um, so uh, I... um I was, you know, in the middle of learning about effortless mindfulness and was with my nephew sledding down a hill. And he was at that age where as I was starting to sled, he would run, run, run and jump into my arms, you know, because he thought that was really fun part. And of course, can we do it again? Can we do it again? Can we do it again? We do again, again. And so about the eighth time he he jumped, but he jumped to one side and I caught him on my right side. And my sciatic nerve just went, ah, and, you know, twisted. And I felt like I had, you know, the most excruciating pain, went to doctors, went to acupuncturists, went to... And so months and months, wasn't really getting that much better. Um, my, my, (laughs) My physician, who actually had been the New York AMA president, was in the Korean war and he said uh he goes i yeah i have sciatica you just have to live with it that's <laughs> it <laughs> so that was his medical diagnosis he goes you stretch a little bit you know or you hear i'll give you some painkillers no thank you that's all right so i said okay well let's use let's see what if so my thought was oh if thinking can go into the background can can Uh, pain, which is really not about a chronic condition. It's a nerve that's twisted. So the nerve is just sending a signal as if there's a knife in my back. Uh, But there is no knife in my back. It's just that the wires are twisted. So if the wire, if I could, so what I did is I used this method, which is one of the main methods of effortless mindfulness, which is unhooking local awareness from thinking And it literally is like a ball of awareness that then can be aware of your jaw from within your jaw and then go down uh, into your body and be aware of your body directly from within your body. And so it was like taking the operator where the pain signal was coming from my back and saying, check this out, check this out, check this out. So I took the operator and the operator, once it unhooks, it's actually the awake uh, me, the awake consciousness that is now moving itself, and it went down and it looked right within that area and it saw there's no knife here. That that the signal can now go to voicemail. The signal can go to the field of consciousness rather than to the operator in my head, to that point of view, and so. It literally started going into a bigger field of knowing, knowing that, you know, it would just relax over time and there wasn't anything to do immediately. It didn't need to keep calling. And so it went from like an eight to a two within that first session. And then it stayed as kind of a little numbness. And eventually over, over the years, it took, you know, it still took a year for it to go from two to zero. Mm. but it went to you know change dramatically
1: and would you just in terms of you just talked about moving down into yeah being in inside your job, moving through scanning is the term that i understand from uh, vipassana yeah. and i think that's an effective thing would you priorified? so it's
0: a, a little different that's a great question and we can even do a i'll I'll describe how to do it, and then we can actually do what I call dropping from head to heart okay good so when you when you scan in Vipassana and the you know i've been a uh, was trained and taught was one of the first teachers at New York Insight Meditation Center, so I taught Vipassana and I have heard the instructions from many traditions, which is to you know scan your body uh Or watch your breath, you know, or scan, do a body scan, or and you. When I ask people, where are you scanning from? They're scanning from their head, so they're located in their head. They're watching their breath from their head or above their head, like a witness. And in this situation, the it's like reverse engineering the whole process, which is that if you're already this. Open hearted, loving, spacious awareness, then you're. When you're in awake consciousness, you're aware from everywhere. You have a unity consciousness. So awareness doesn't have to look from your head, it can know from the field of awareness. So why not just move the local focus from the head looking down and literally unhook and drop the knowing? So it's knowing your jaw from your jaw and not going up to thought to check and not stretching or scanning down, but literally dropping and knowing your throat from within. And then literally dropping into your heart space so that your heart space opens and you're now aware from your heart. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we can, we yeah, can try do, that. This, let's
1: do a, a little. This
0: is one that some people find dramatically um, helpful to show what a glimpse is. So, you know, if you feel like, almost as if you're in a cloud of, around your head, like emotional, mental cloud, and what we do is we try to clean up the cloud or fix it or observe it, but literally what we're gonna do is ask the already awake you, to have awareness somehow step out of that identification or attachment with the thinker or the observer or the focuser or the scanner, step back and then feel as if a bubble of awareness can drop and know directly from within. So you can't know how to do it. So just give it a try and see what happens. So simply I'm talking not to you, the ego or the doer, I'm talking to you, the awake consciousness, and just simply asking you to notice this feeling of a center or a manager somewhere in your head, and then feel as if awareness can detach
2: and step back.
0: And then feel as if a bubble of awareness can then drop and know your jaw and your smile directly from your
2: jaw and smile.
0: And then feel as if awareness can move itself and become aware of your throat from within your throat feeling awareness, space,
2: and effervescent aliveness.
0: And just check that you haven't stretched attention down and that you don't need to go up and check with thought to know. So just knowing subject and object, feeling directly. And then feel as if awareness can drop below your neck. So this bubble of awareness feels directly and knows the sensations, tightness, coolness, space, and awareness directly from within your upper body. And then let this intelligence of this awareness find your heart space the core of your being, this safe, open-door heart-mind, and drop in so you're knowing directly from this heart space that opens up behind you where awareness has your back and looks out and feels in front of you, interconnected with everything, and goes deep within,
2: like a stream of living water, to this feeling of being that doesn't need to think to know, doesn't need to do to be. Just see what it's like. To know, to have the potential to know information, but not need to know anything, without checking with thought. So what's it like to be alert, open-hearted, and be
0: here now? That's, I great. Throw that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: great yeah uh, that's great um and how's you, that yeah that's How beautiful that's, that's beautiful yeah. and yeah and everybody this is a i mean i have been working you and i talked about it last time working yeah. on on this project about getting out of the me me to the us yeah and um so the idea that we can take a shot just take a chance yeah. like you just said take a chance what yeah. do you here you are you're 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 <laughs> this is you this is the you up here. This thinking thing. Yeah. take a chance and drop it for a second then that would be yeah. that's a rest stop a mindful that's glimpse it. and i think that that's yeah. very effective just in in and yeah. of itself but you also said here awareness has your back mother. yes okay <laughs> that could be a rap thing. I t- we're going to call it that. Okay, we got to call okay. this thing Awareness Has Your Back. You know? Let's do it. we got to get uh, some
0: music next time. Uh, we'll
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> so great. And by the way, uh, uh, as Locke said, this book is chock full of different exercises. And uh, I'm sure there's something in, in here for everybody. You, know? mm. okay, you got one called, For a Glimpse, Om Sweet Home yes okay. corny but right on <laughs> um and it's it's um uh, it, it includes you know using a chant or so on and as you yeah. well know that is the primary practice uh, that mm. that we brought back aside from many yes. of us doing many of the uh, lama surya das who's a, mm. a zog jinn uh master uh he yeah. also this is part of it he does a lot of chanting yes and and uh, i i wouldn't want to leave us without that as no. another possibility of be, yes. of open awareness within that uh that practice but uh yeah home uh, yeah. sweet home but then you <laughs> also have in your appendix uh traps detours and rerouting instructions <laughs> i love that okay you can be spaced out Blissed in, stuck in stillness, being in that witness protection program right. uh, and getting bored back to the mind and getting scared back to the mind. So a lot of shit will freak you and yeah. get you back because yeah. the only thing that we have depended on our whole lives is to right. protect ourselves through this thing, you know, and we yes. all of those habitual patterns and neurotic tendencies. Yeah. Um it's it's tough. But yes. what everybody out there, what Locke is saying. Is we can connect with Mm. this capacity that we Mm. have, and we just have to uh, be more at ease Mm. with ourselves and not absolutely judging and killing ourselves, and we're bad, and you know, all of that Mm. stuff that everybody does. That this capacity is there to just stop your world for a second. Because awareness has your back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, here's the book by, by the way, everybody. Yeah. And when is it coming out? Well,
0: it's coming out June 4th.
1: Okay, around the corner. Oh, or maybe this thing will happen. You know, I don't yeah. know how they program it, I just give it to them. Uh, so, up uh, at all the links and everything else, and links yeah. to uh, great beings we've been talking about and their work will all be available on BeHereNowNetwork.com slash mindrolling to the show notes and, uh, and everything. So it'll all be there. And again, Locke, always great. Always great to hang yeah, with
0: you. Yeah, so nice. So much fun to yeah. hang and be with you yeah. for this time. Yeah, Thank really, you really. very much.
1: So we will see you all next week on Mind Rolling.